We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. But first, I'm going to have a conversation with Kevin Calouette, medical entomologist and director of the St. Tammany Parish Mosquito Abatement District. Kevin, good afternoon. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, thank you, Ian. It's, it's good, to, good to talk to you. And you, sir. Okay, uh, just kind of take us right through the, 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 the story of why there's so many damn mosquitoes around here lately. Yeah, so just, just in time for Halloween, right? The real <laughs> bloodsuckers are out. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and, and this is the time of year that I like to call these the, 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 the true vampires are coming out. Mm. Um, really, we have three or four different species that are creating our problem right now, and they're all generally all associated with the marsh in the coastal Lake Pontchartrain Basin, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up into Lake Maurepas, and then all the way out into uh, New Orleans East area as well. So uh, these three species, I go by their scientific name, the, the number one uh, mosquitoes causing the problem is called Culex nigropalpus, and um, that mosquito, yeah, that mosquito always comes out this time of year, but we're seeing it in numbers that are probably double the typical year, um, and there's a couple factors that I think are happening. Number one, we had a very dry, uh, a dry year. Of course, we're still in that drought, mm-hmm. but then at the end of that drought, just two weeks ago, I believe it was October 11th and 12th, we had that tropical system that started in the Bay of Campeche and moved north. It didn't give us much rain, but it sure brought us a lot of gusty winds out of the east, and that pushes that water into the Lake Pontchartrain Basin. And we saw tides that were, you know, one to two feet above normal, and that pu- pushes water into those marshes, and that's, that's what was producing these mosquitoes, we think, at this moment. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk the, the different kinds of mosquitoes that we have around here. Tell me about what, what differences there are between them. Like how, what's, what makes one, the species that you just mentioned, you know, what, what separates it from its mosquito brethren? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I think uh, to the general public, any mosquito is the same. It's the one that's biting you is the one that, that needs to die. Yeah. But there's actually, there's actually about 60 different species that call Louisiana home. Um, and that's wow. because we have a lot of different variety of habitats, uh, a lot of places that hold water. Um, well, they all have their own niches. You know, some of them are in that marsh. Some of them are in the uh, wheelbarrow in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Those are, those are going to be different species that are just, um, you know, occupying a different ecological niche. Some of them are going to bite animals more. Some of them bite humans selectively. So it, it really, it's a, it's a pick your poison. And that's also the same for what season of the year they come out. And I know everybody, when we get to this time of year, they're like, hey, it's October. We've got these cool fronts coming through. Well, it's also 85 degrees outside um, before those cool fronts come through. 
And, um, and those mosquitoes like the, the temperature a little bit cooler than mm-hmm. the 95 and the 100s we were seeing in mm-hmm. the summer. That's a little bit too hot for them. Um, so these slightly cooler temperatures, but still warm between 75 and 85 is probably their optimal where they, they tend to be most active. And that's because m- mosquitoes, like most insects, are ectotherms, right? They're cold-blooded. So they're taking their temperature from whatever it is in, in, the, in the environment and they become more active at that optimal temperature range. I see. Okay, so talk to me about the St. Tammany Parish Mosquito Abatement District. What's, you know, I, I take, take me through the work that you do, you know, personally, day-to-day, very specifically, but also the different ways that you, well, abate mosquitoes. Yeah, so it, it really, you know, we cover the, the thousand square miles of our parish, and, and what we do primarily is we set traps. We have over 130 locations that we set traps every two weeks in the parish. And we're using that data to identify what species of those 60 are creating the problem uh, in which areas of the parish they're coming from. And then that's what, what we use to determine where we're going to send our spray trucks, our airplanes, and our helicopters to try to control those mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. We also do that so we're not spraying when we don't need to spray. We want to make sure those mosquitoes are high enough uh, so that we can treat them at the right time, uh, so that we're using the, the resource as, effect, as cost-effectively as possible. And, and also, the more we spray, uh, it tends to make our sprays less effective. So we only want to treat for mosquitoes when we absolutely need to, and we, we know this is one of those times of year we absolutely need to because those mosquitoes are, are, are above average, um, in some cases twice what they usually are. Explain to me why the spray gets less effective the more you use it. They become uh, resistant to it somehow? That, that's exactly right. It's called uh, developing insecticide resistance. And that's because the sprays we use are generally very effective. Mm-hmm. We're actually creating an evolutionary bottleneck when we treat those environments with that uh, on purpose. We want to kill as many mosquitoes as possible. But what that does is if there is one or two that survive, they may have a genetic mutation, and that genetic mutation is then selected for um, because it's, it's not washed out by the genes of all those other susceptible mosquitoes that have just died from that treatment. Mm-hmm. So the more we spray, if we spray with the same product over and over, you're going to drive more resistance into those populations. And so we have a whole lab team that also monitors the effectiveness of every insecticide we use, and we rotate those insecticides so that we're not causing that resistance problem in our populations. Do you ever have to worry about killing too many mosquitoes? Killing too many mosquitoes? Yeah, I mean, like, uh, uh, if, if I had a magic wand and uh, I could just, you know, make mosquitoes go away all around the globe and just get rid of them and be done with them, you know, I would do that, but a lot of that <laughs> would screw up the food chain, right? I mean, a lot of things eat mosquitoes and and... I just wonder if other other animal populations are affected by there not being enough mosquitoes around. Yeah, there have been a, a several number, a several studies that have looked into that, and mosquitoes do make a, a an important part of the food chain for for other in, aquatic insects as well as some small fish. But generally, all of those other predators that eat mosquitoes, including bats and birds and other things are eating other, they're, they're, they're generalists. They can consume other insects as well. Mm-hmm. So it's thought that if you just take out all the mosquitoes from the world, uh, you probably won't, won't really reduce the whole uh, food chain as, as, as greatly as you, you would think it would because those, those mosquitoes are so small, they're making up a very minute proportion 
of any of those animals' diets. Got it. That makes perfect sense. Okay, great. Um, uh, let's talk about mosquito-borne illnesses, uh, West Nile virus, encephalitis. Uh, what's, what's the sort of outlook on the risk from those diseases right now? Sure, and that, that's a good follow-up to your last question, too. If we could eliminate the world of mosquitoes, we would also be eliminating uh, 700,000 deaths mm-hmm. in people every year, most of those being children in sub-Saharan Africa dying from malaria every year. Now, we don't have malaria here in the United States, um, but we do have lots of West Nile virus every year. And the outlook this year has actually been much more reduced than in past years. Um, but it's still active this time of year. We actually did get our, our lab results back last week, and we still had three uh, groups of infected mosquitoes found in St. Tammany in that one mosquito I was mentioning, Culex migropalpus. So it's still around, and people still need to take their precautions using their repellents and whatnot um, as much as, as, you know, to use the effective ones. I'm not sure all the, the DIY ones that are going to come in and how effective those are going to be. But, um, yes, we still need to be concerned about arbovirus transmission in our area. You said that we, uh, we don't have malaria in the United States. Do you expect that to remain the case as the world warms and we see, you know, subtropical animal populations and different, uh, different life, yeah. life forms? You know, they, they, they're going to go to farther away places than just the tropics where we're used to, you sure. know, like sub-Saharan Africa. Is that a thing that, that, that you think about? Like in your office, are we thinking eventually we'll have malaria in Louisiana? So that's a great question. And I did, I did misspeak a little bit. We do have cases of imported malaria oh, sure. that come into the United States every mm-hmm. year from travelers. And this year we actually had four states that had local transmission of malaria. And those, would have uh, stemmed from a traveler coming in, uh, infecting the local population of mosquitoes. We have the vector of malaria. We've never gotten rid of the vector of malaria, even though we, we eliminated malaria from the United States. Um, but for malaria in particular, it's thought that our transmission might be somewhat limited because of our air-conditioned sort of um, you know, way of life. And the other side of that is that we have an advanced healthcare system. So if you are getting sick with malaria, you're immediately going to the hospital, and that puts you out of reach from mosquitoes, again, biting you, picking up that parasite, and being able to transmit it to another, another person. I see. So the bites that we receive, we, we don't get one-tenth of the bites that the folks in, uh, in those other developing countries are getting because we live in such an air-conditioned environment with adequate health care yeah. access. Ah, thank goodness for that. Um, well, what what can people do to protect themselves from mosquitoes and mosquito-borne diseases? I, I asked people earlier, you know, how are you doing your own mosquito abatement at home? Do you set traps or do you have one of those, you know, zapping tennis rackets or something like that? What what do you recommend for people? Yeah, and you know, so you you can you can certainly hear about the DIY ones about uh, the use of garlic and whatnot. I don't recommend garlic necklaces that might work for vampires, but for <laughs> mosquitoes. We recommend that people stick to the, the EPA-approved repellents, uh-huh. and that's, that's going to be DEET. That's the old standby, of course, DEET, uh, oil of lemon eucalyptus, picaridin, and there's a whole list if you search for EPA-registered um, repellents. Obviously, you're going to want to cover up, too, as much as possible. We give that advice in the summer, and I think that, that gets laughed at a lot. You know, wear long sleeves and pants if you can to avoid mosquitoes. Avoid dusk and dawn, the key activity periods for mosquitoes. 
Um, and this is always a concern for us for Halloween. We want to make sure people are aware um, and, and maybe pack that repellent inside that little, um, you know, your, your, your jack-o'-lantern as you go trick-or-treating this year. We, we hear about people, uh, sometimes we meet people who say, well, I, I've got sweet blood, you know, mosquitoes love me, or I never get bit by mosquitoes. Is that real, or is that just anecdotal evidence? Like, is, is there things about our, our diet or our, our body chemistry that makes us more or less attractive to mosquitoes? Absolutely. And, and my wife is one of those that you always want around you in a crowd, right? Because you want one of those, one of those people that way they go to the, the person that's more attractive yeah. than you. They bite them. No, uh, certainly there's, there's studies that, that's shown that certain blood types, um, any, anything that's going to increase the, the blood at the surface capillary level, uh, mosquitoes can sense that and are going to be more attracted. So drinking alcohol, you're going to be um, you know, expelling much more CO2, um, pregnant women, they're breathing more, more. There's more cues out there for mosquitoes to find you. You look more attractive to, to a female yeah. mosquito looking to fill, a, fill its abdomen full of blood. Somebody told me the other day that, uh, we know, the female mosquitoes bite you, but male mosquitoes are, are louder. Like those, when you hear, like, that's a male mosquito, is that, that, that sounds like an old wives' tale to me. Yeah, I, I would go with that too. That sounds like a myth. Okay. Um, yeah, so mosquitoes are making their their wings are making that frequency that you hear that that yeah. that high whine, and the males actually have really developed antennae, and they they've got those so that they can find the females. Well, they can find females of their species based on on what that sound sounds like, wow. how the frequency of wavelength that that that's happening uh, in in those those wings beating. Yeah. Um, on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line, I got a couple comments. Here's one. It says, hey, Ian, the mosquitoes in Mandeville on the lakefront are horrible. Could you ask the gentleman, what happened to our mosquito plane? What happened to our mosquito plane? Yeah, uh, yeah well, so we have, a, we have a mosquito plane, and we also have a helicopter now that, that spray at night. Um, it's, it's, it's out there. It's doing its job. Uh, those crews are out there as, as frequently as we can go. At this point, and we're alternating between the trucks and the airplane and the helicopter these days. Great. Cool. Um, anything else you want our audience to know, Kevin, before we let you go? No. Um, you know, we, we're aware that there's mosquitoes out there, <laughs> particularly in the Madisonville and the Mandeville area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, we found these in our traps a couple of weeks ago. We start taking those precautions as we can. And, and just we urge everybody to take their precautions individually as well. And um, hopefully this cool front will cool it on down for mosquitoes, too. Yeah, indeed. All right. Thank you very much for your time today, Kevin. Nice speaking with you. All right. Thank you, Ian. All right. Take take good care. Kevin Callouette is a medical entomologist and director of the St. Tammany Parish Mosquito Abatement District. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.